Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. A recent audit of the St. Louis County Pet Adoption Center revealed a misleading intake policy that caused some people to request euthanasia for their pets without realizing it. It also severely undercounted the number of animals that were euthanized there. Joining me in studio to talk about this is Danny Wisentowski, staff writer at the Riverfront Times. Danny, thanks for coming in. Great to be here. So let's start. What exactly, it has a kind of straightforward name, but what's the St. Louis County Pet Adoption Center and what do they do there? So the, the Pet Adoption Center is kind of as the name indicates, uh, the place where you can go in, you can look at uh, your cats, your dogs, any you know small animals you'd like to um, adopt. It is a division of the St. Louis County Animal uh, Care and Control, uh, which up until you know recently was sort of it's a separate uh, municipal, almost you know, sort of entity within St. Louis County. But re- recently, sort of in the wake of a lot of this controversy, it was moved under uh, the health department. Okay. Uh, so what what's what's so problematic that was happening there? You know, so this this detail about. Uh, you know, animals, you know, that are deemed uh, to be euthanized. Uh, This was sort of the most explosive detail in this 260-odd page audit that was recently released earlier this month, looking at the operations and, uh, you know, the details of what was going on at the Pet Adoption Center. And what these auditors found is that on the form that people were given uh, when they were uh, giving their their pets, there was a little box that was marked uh, O-R-E. And generally, uh, you know, this means owner requested euthanasia. And there are legitimate reasons, obviously, why someone would do this. Your animal is very old or very sick. Uh, you know, there's an issue of suffering um, and you want that to be done and you want that to be done quickly so the animal is not left suffering. But according to this audit, based on surveys with the employees in the shelter, and actually they, they have a one of the documents actually that was handed, this box was sort of encouraged uh, to be checked sort of as a default. Hmm. And in many cases, um, according to the audit and those that I've spoken to, um, the people who were bringing their animals in were either not told what that acronym actually meant, or were sort of even, even pressured to check it as sort of a matter of course. And so on the form, it didn't yeah. even it didn't say owner requested euthanasia. It just said ORE. It just said ORE. Okay. Yeah, and, and that was one of the details the auditors pointed out that this was you know you know there's a fundamental kind of dishonesty going on on here. But this was also sort of against the accepted policies in ways that other shelters would do this, where they define their terms, where they're not uh, you know trying to pressure owners into checking something off that they don't that they don't want to. And um, this really significantly changed the way the shelter was reporting their euthanasias. Over what period of time was this happening? It looks like we're talking about a time period from when, uh, you know, kind of within the last directorship of the last permanent director of the shelter, who was a a director named Beth Vesco-Mock. We're going back to September 2017 uh, between that and March 2018, uh, which is when she was fired by former executive Steve Stenger. Okay. And how did we find out about this? You know, I had been doing reporting on Beth Vesco-Mock and the St. Louis Pet Adoption Center uh, for for a while. I wrote several stories, but there has been a great deal of criticism uh, being lobbed at this shelter for the last, you know, year or so. Uh, coming from former staff members, volunteers, animal activists. These are people who are showing up to county council meetings, uh, you know, trying to tell the advisory board, uh, you know, something is going wrong here. Uh, There have been previous reports of people who were concerned about the amount of euthanasia, but we're dealing with a very messy situation of a lot of allegations that one could summarize as dysfunctional management, I think. 
So we're not just talking about the owner-requested euthanasia issue. There were people were going to meetings complaining about other things. Oh, I mean, this this is a mess. Yeah. Uh, in short, um, you know, prior to Beth Vesco Mox firing. Uh, volunteers and staff said that she was a bully, that there were elements of, uh, you know, racial speech uh, where uh, there were talk about whether mention of gangbangers and crack, I mean, crackers, that is. And this came up at a county council meeting, you know, as far as Beth Vescomock's sort of interpersonal relationships. Uh, there was a, you know, a report in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that described the scene of someone asking her, did you ever say this stuff to her staff? And her lawyer uh, advised her not to answer. But the important you know, part of that story as well is that she is fired and then settles with the county over a sex discrimination lawsuit, and the county actually pays her $150,000, and we don't fully know a lot of the details of what was going on there or the, um, you know, the motivations for that large settlement. Um, but it does follow a pattern for this particular person, Beth Vesco-Mock, who left her previous job uh, in Mesilla Valley, New Mexico, also after settling uh, for a great large amount of money with the municipal police department there. So as you can see, this this has um, a bit of a spread as far as where this controversy goes and what's been going on even before this audit came out. Okay. How much time was passed between her leaving that previous job and coming to St. Louis? Uh, she resigned, I believe, in July of 2017 and then came in September 2017 to St. Louis County. And it's notable, you know, looking back at my previous reporting, uh, when I spoke to uh, you know, then uh, the head of operations over the animal shelter, Glenn Powers, uh, he said, look, she's a great hire and she's lowered the euthanasia numbers <laughs> in Mesilla Valley. When Steve Stanger uh, you know, was uh, touting sort of the shelter, uh, and this was part of the first report I did. A selling he, point was her history in lowering euthanasia yeah, rates. And that she had done so here in St. Louis County as well. Um, you know, tracking sort of, you know, the role of euthanasia numbers in the way that the shelter was presented and as a way of sort of defending Beth Vesco Mock's leadership is interesting. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Steve Stenger at one point credited sort of this cultural change that she had brought for drastically lowering the euthanasia numbers. And when I was first working on the first report I was doing, uh, you know, there were her supporters were concerned I was writing a negative story, which was you know, looking at her background, which I thought was a legitimate uh, you know, background to know about this person. It was and, not entirely implausible that you might be working on a story that yes. would reflect negatively. And I was contacted by one of the vice chairs for the, um, for, for the pet shelter. And this person said, look, the euthanasia numbers are going down. And she sent me, uh, this, this vice chair sent me a, a document showing the drastically lowered euthanasia numbers. And looking back at that document now, it only shows the shelter decision euthanasia yeah, let's, numbers. Let's connect the dots between this ORE box and how that ends up resulting in lowered euthanasia rates. Right. And I think that's, you know, that is, the I think, the main sense of why was this done yeah. and what was the result. And so, you know, what it appears to be why this was done is that the shelter was reporting one set of statistic, statistics, which was the shelter decision euthanasias, which the shelter itself uh, was you're going to say, you know, this dog or this animal is possibly violent. It may not be um, worthy for adoption for a number of reasons, uh, including health or temperament. And like a lot of shelters, they have a limited amount of room. There are a limited amount of people who want to adopt. And there are some cases where they have to euthanize an animal. Um, that is sort of the, the, the statistic, though, that was highlighted in its reports to its advisory board. What it didn't have to report, though, in that context of the shelter decision euthanasias was this other thing, the owner-requested Okay, so they're euthanasias. basically dividing euthanasias into two 
two categories and reporting out one of those categories. Yeah. yeah. And, and on a simple level, just reading the names of these two statistics, you would think, okay, one of these things sort of indicates how is the sh what is the shelter's directive policy toward when it euthanizes animals? And the other is, oh, how many owners are coming to the shelter saying, I need you to perform this very um, necessary, perhaps a traumatic decision, um, but I, this animal, this pet should be euthanized. Mm -hmm. And what we found in the numbers is that by requiring or encouraging every person who's bringing their pet in to sign that OED box, it allowed the shelters to drastically lower what it appeared to be its own decision-making as far as its euthanasia numbers. And I think it, I should be clear that when some people read this story, they said, oh, the shelter is hiding its euthanasia numbers, or they're, you know, I, I saw some people sort of directly bl blaming Steve Stenger for this policy as well, that this is, you know, killing animals intentionally. And I just mean you know, to be clear, what this really has done is obscured the actual causes and the context for all of the OED numbers that are reported. And they're significant. In fact, as the audit noted, we're talking about more than half of the shelter's reported euthanasias came under this category of owner-requested euthanasia. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really know how many of those were people who genuinely mm -hmm. needed uh, you know, their animal or their pet put down for humane reasons. How many of them were animals that were given to the shelter for other reasons that the shelter later decided should be euthanized? We don't know the decision-making okay. yeah. process. So it's, it's not necessarily that they are over-euthanizing, but it's yeah. a matter of the numbers they're telling the public, right? Yeah. So when someone came to the shelter and said, how many animals did you euthanize last year? They were just giving that shelter decision, right, which was 602 cases in 2018. Mm -hmm. And not mentioning another 645 that were under that owner requested box. Yeah, and so again, that's half of them. Yeah, no, that's uh, you know it's about 51 percent of the shelter's total euthanasia cases cases were these owner requested euthanasia, which we now understand is a category that doesn't actually tell us, you know. How is this shelter operating? What is their euthanasia policy? What is happening when a pet owner comes in and just wants to give up their pet? Are they thinking it's for adoption? Is the animal sick? Are they, you know, we just don't know. And the audit, again, sort of builds out the sense that there is a breakdown in the way that these animals are processed. And, and you know, one of the big things, again, is that, you know, an owner requested euthanasia, you would want this animal to be you know, put out of its misery fairly quickly. And the audit found that these euthanasias were only being performed on certain days of the week. And so sometimes you would have animals that seemingly genuinely should be put down for humane reasons that were waiting for days and days. And so you sort of uh, see a breakdown in the intended purpose of euthanasia as a humane act uh, to end animal suffering and in the way that it was being used to um, divide the statistics to make this shelter look okay. better perhaps than it really was. Danny, finally, what's going on there now? So the the shelter has released an action plan along with this release of the audit. Uh, you know, some of them are clearly to have its euthanasia reporting policies, uh, you know, in line with other shelters. Uh, it wants to uh, better the management and the training of its own staff. Um, but, you know, this is a one-page action plan that followed a 268-page uh, audit based on dozens of uh, of interviews. There is a lot of, I think, bad blood and consternation on the part of staff and volunteers who felt that they were mistreated by these administrations and that the attempt to, 
you know, cover up the truth in Asian numbers has really broken a level of trust uh, between pet owners, volunteers, and staff. I think there's a lot that the pet, uh, the county pet shelter has to sort of fix, and part of that is with stability in its leadership. Mm. Well, Danny, uh, we are out of time, but the good news for folks listening is we can continue to follow your reporting. You're on Twitter at D underscore Towski, T-O-W-S-K-I, right? Yep. So thanks so much for coming in. Danny Wissentowski, this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.